Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the first of many end-of-season, off-season shows of Fields of Fantasy Podcast. Pestle, Ed and Tom with you this week. Tom is joining us on the big show, your audition, Tom. If you're crap, we'll keep you off for the rest of the season. <laughs> How are we doing, gentlemen? Are we missing the fancy football season? Are we sad that the regular season's over? Yes. I, I, well, I, I am. Uh, obviously, well, you guys have both got I'm interest. Delighted. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Who'd have thought that? Yeah. The Packers and Ravens and not the Bengals. But yeah, I mean, I love the playoffs, but yeah, fancy football over for another year, which is sad. Yeah, very much. Yeah, obviously, delighted with the Packers. I thought Week 18 was quite nice as well. A few interesting bits happening this week. Yeah, what was your highlight of the irrelevant games for fantasy this week? The important games for real-life football. I just like the snow game. Snow game? <laughs> yeah, I love a the snow game. What about a Wentz touchdown to Puka? Yes, yeah, Carson Wentz came in yeah, a decent yeah. job, didn't he, backing up Stafford. So, yeah, yeah, more, more points for Puka. I love the fact that the Bills were in that situation where it was either second seed or out of the playoffs. Have there been as much jeopardy on a single game at the end of the season before? I can't think. I mean, I'm sure there have been. Uh, I'm sure there have been many. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, I, I felt, did I feel for the Jags? I don't know. I kind of, I did and I didn't because I thought, well, if you can't beat the Titans, then tough luck, to be honest. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, it, it was disappointing because I do like T-Law. I do like the Jags. Um, I like Doug Peterson as well. But, you know, if you don't win the game, then you're out of the playoffs. I think my highlight of Week 18 was seeing CJ Stroud at the end of that game taking the Texans to the playoffs. Phenomenal achievement for Texans, a team that have been amazing in real-life football and far more fantasy-relevant than we could ever have predicted at the start of the season. Well, far more relevant than we did predict at the start of the season, where I think we glossed over them in our pre-season show to some degree. I, I literally didn't take Stroud because he got drafted by the Texans, who yeah. have absolutely hit gold this year. And uh, that is who I will be supporting in the playoffs. Texans are my team Look we have admin from us then So first time mentioning only This week at least and we're only on Tuesday We've been shortlisting the Sports Podcast Awards If you weren't aware so please 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 Head over to Twitter Slash X and find the link on there And give us a vote please We'd really appreciate that Our first time being on the shortlist And we are very fortunate that we feel anyway Some other UK podcasters may disagree we're flying the flag for the UK is the only nomination in there. I'm sure some people listening now are going, you arrogant so-and-sos. But we've been very lucky the support we've been given in our first year of the podcast uh, from the UK fantasy community. So if we could ask one more time for your support to give us your votes there, we would hugely appreciate it. This weekend, we'll say one more time, so what we're going to ask you for support then once again on Saturday as we launch the second annual TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Bonanza in aid of the Beast and Memory Cafe. A charity that we spoke about a lot last year is near to your heart and your family, isn't it, Ed? Very much so, yeah. Uh, as I've said previously, I've, I've seen it firsthand, the, the great work that it does and just how much difference uh, the, the donations have made. You know, it's not a big charity. It relies on those donations uh, and I can't wait to launch it again. So we'll be posting that all over the place, wherever we can, and hopefully having lots of people share it for us on Saturday. So please get yourself signed up. More information to follow. Also, while you're at it, make sure you get yourself signed up to the JTT Cup, to the Orkney Charity Bowl and the FFCC run by Five Yard Rush as well. Loads of really great charity best ball tournaments getting their signups underway early in the off-season. So please make sure you get yourself signed up to as many as you possibly can. And as always, please donate as generously as you are able to as well. It's one of the real highlights of the UK fantasy, well, the fantasy community worldwide, I guess. Something we've been really humbled to be able to be a part of last year in our Raising the Money for the Beast of Memory Cafe. We were hoping as well to be talking today about the launching of our own league on the NFL Playoff Challenge. They're not running it this year. Hey, They've why? discontinued it. Oh. oh, oh, I was quite... I was like... As you can hear, I've not told anyone about this. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. So we won't be able to run that. So that, I mean, that reduces our content output for the next few weeks. We're going to be clawing together for podcast content a little bit more than I was planning to. But what we will be doing for today's show, and then our show later on this week, two shows from the TH Fantasy Football team this week on Fields of Fantasy, we'll be doing our end-of-season award show today, and we will then be looking at our heroes and zeros in our show later this week as well, where we've got some guests from across the UK podcast as well. We'll be sharing our heroes and zeros picks, and very, very excitingly, we've been rehearsing, I mean, we've not been rehearsing, we'll just make it sound like we've been rehearsing, our final heroes and zeros medley of the season, 
taking a view at the whole season. So there'll be some people in there we've spoken about a lot. There'll be some people on there for our zero section. I'm not able to talk about as much as I'd like to this season, but we'll hold ourselves accountable, won't we, Edward? We always hold ourselves accountable, Mark. So, Malcolm, I ask you to record this drop for us for this single show in particular. Take it away. The end of season award show. A little note before we get into our picks then for our various awards we've decided to decree to these professional athletes from our small-time UK fantasy football podcast. Any points that we discussed and rankings we discussed, we use PPR as our standard scoring. We'll be having some reference to that fancy point scoring over the season and some reference to real-life accolades and achievements as well. So any positions that we're talking about as finishing, RB, whatever, that relates to PPR scoring. And I've taken all of mine from the end of Week 17 as well, when it really mattered. It seems to skew it a little bit in Week 18 with so many players being sat. From Sleeper as well. From Sleeper as well, yeah. yeah. I've got that covers all PPR from Sleeper ended week 17. Are we good to go? Let's do this. First up, then, we will crack. I mean, we're going for our easiest one to start with. It sounds like the headline, but it's the one that there is no real debate to be had. The fantasy MVP of the season. We had zero deliberation because we are awarding it to Christian McCaffrey. Are we in agreement with that, gents? Yes. We are, but the oh, here we go. The here we go. The caveat I would put if we did take him week 18. CD Lamb overtakes CMC with total points. So CD Lamb had a massive week 18. Ed's, uh, Ed's just sprung this caveat on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he does overtake him. But I, I think in terms of consistency, possibly, I'll talk about Lamb in another category. Uh, he does. He did have a bit of a ropey start, Lamb, and then he's had a phenomenal like uh, second yeah. half of the season. So, so yeah, for consistency, CMC, but you could make a case for Lamb. So he was drafted RB1. He went anywhere between the 101 and the 105. When I've looked back at the drafts we took part in, we took part in many in the off-season. Some people were very vocal about get ready for another injury-filled season, which we found nonsense when that was going on. He's had two seasons with injuries in a row out of seven, and both were completely different injuries. So we said this was nonsense, and he was always looked scheduled to have a big season. but. 67 receptions in total gave him the 39th most receptions in the league of all players. Wow. So against tight ends and wide receivers. And they're more in the receiving game than running backs. Brees Hall and Kamara were the only running backs above him. He had 564 receiving yards. 71st for receiving yards in the whole league. Brees Hall was the only running back above him with 579. You said the other week, Ed, about how it was... Almost surprising how well Bruce Hall had done. And it was nothing to do with the run blocking in New York. It was his use in the receiving game was, was his fancy gold. CMC, once again, just under 1,500 yards, 1,459 rushing yards, 314 more than second place Kyron Williams. Back to Kyron Williams' longest stretch off injuries. Well, that shows just how big a season he had. I'm sure we'll mention him soon as well. Top player in all fantasy football up to week 17 in PPR. No other running backs were in the top 20. ETM was 22, most at 23. Once again, this is based on end of week 17 fancy relevant numbers. Yes, injuries factored into that for a lot of running backs, but CM's durability and use in the passing game is what gave him that separation. It's what's added to that output, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the thing is with CMC, you know, in Carolina... He was the superstar, wasn't he? When it comes to San Francisco, he's got competition. He's got Kittle, he's got Ayuk, yeah. he's got Debo, and he's still, you know... Still CMC, he's Still it? CMC, yeah, yeah. he's just an absolute beast. So at the end of week 17, he had 122.6 more fancy points than Travis Etienne in second. He exceeded projections, this is according to Fantasy Pros, in 9 out of 16 games. He only had 4 games of three points more than below his projection and only one game under 10 points. And only one game under 10 points. Week 17, I mean, that's in the whoops category for everyone that was so confident to be playing him. People so worried about playing against him in fantasy championships. But he'd got you to the championships. The other players on your roster can do the lifting at that point, surely. He was an RB1 in 13 out of 16 games that he started in. What more could you ask for? You couldn't ask for any more. Yeah, I think, you know, the debate, I think what was interesting was 
at the start of this season, that, that, and over the last couple of seasons, there's been that leaning towards wide receivers over running backs at, yep. the, at the top of the fantasy board, hasn't there? And, you know, if you look at Chase, Hill's had a great season, hasn't he? But there have been a few people that let, that let you down. And, you know, CMC maybe dropped down to, what was it? Was he 1.1 or 1.5? Is that yeah, the Yeah, the other way. The first by some leagues we drafted, and he dropped as low as the 1.05. Yeah, and I mean, well, that's 105, isn't it? Well, 101 is an absolute bargain. We can't take him any higher, can you? Pre-draft selection in your keep leagues at the 100. Anything else on CMC before we move on to some negativity instead, gents? There's nothing else to be said, is there? He is truly elite. I'm sure we will mention him in our Heroes show later this week. Next up, bust of the season. We've gone for this from our many points, and we spoke about our bus through the week, so I don't think we've diverged too far away from that between players we've already discussed, but who'd like to go first with their bust? So I think mine's a little bit more of a controversial one, so I'm wondering if you two will agree with me. My bust is Saquon Barkley running back for the New York Giants. So let it hang for a mm. second. Okay, now there's a reason, right? It's not just... Oh, they're, they're best. Yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> so ADP of nine. Do you know where he finished? Uh, I don't... It, it, 30-odd. The 70th player overall. Wow. Running back 16. Now, I know he missed three weeks of injury. There are only five top 10 finishes in there. He had six finishes out the top 15. You know, he's had a couple of big games in there. You know, week two, he was RB3. Week 11, he was RB4. He is Saquon Barkley. He's, he's a, you know, a quality, quality player. But for me, at the position, having taken him at nine, he's a bust. There's a few players that if you look at their game average, it, it boosts them up a little bit. But but you'd expected a lot more from Saquon. And I think, is he someone that suffered as a result of what's happened with Danny Dimes, possibly? You know, it's, it's been a bit in flux really there, hasn't it, with old Danny DeVito? At, at I think Saquon Barkley is the only person to have been let down more by Danny Dimes than me. <laughs> um, when we've looked at a lot of our reasons for bus picks and that, I think he's one that I would put in the category of a lot of it was out of his control. But when we're dealing with the pure numbers of we want our players to score us points and our fancy teams and nothing else, then yeah, he's, you can certainly make a case from being in that category. Who's next? Right, well, let's have a look at another running back. I, I think this is an absolute slam dunk for, for, for me in terms of winning this round. <laughs> um, and that is uh, Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler, his ADP was 4.4. So if, like me, you drafted him first in many a league, he was your guaranteed banker going to get me lots of points every week. And he has very much not done that. Now, he did miss three games early on, but he's never really recovered from that. So he's had five RB1 weeks across the whole season, which compares to 10 RB1 weeks in 2022. Six touchdowns, total touchdowns in 2023, which compared to 18 in wow. 2022. Big drop off there. He's ended up as RB27. And that only improves to RB23 if you look at it as game average. So... What happens now with Austin Eckler? I mean, he's 28. He's that age we talk about for running backs, isn't he? Will he stay in, in Los Angeles? I don't know if he will. Um, you know, who's going to take him on? He's going to demand a lot of money, isn't he? But yeah, a really disappointing season for Austin Eckler. He was one of those kind of uh, fancy cheat codes last season, wasn't he? And he's yeah. been anything but this season. He's someone I heard spoken about on another podcast where we were talking about he's been working on his career outside of football throughout his football career. So he's probably someone who maybe doesn't need to take a battering every single Sunday for the foreseeable future, unless the price is right. And will the price be right for a running back of his calibre, what he's expecting? I mean, the evidence over the last few years would say it's unlikely. No, he's not going to get the money he wants, possibly. With him being so bad as well, you know, is a team going to take a punt on him? It's not like, yeah, he's not put a good audition year in, has he, for that? It would have been tough even if he'd had a big year this year. My literal notes from him are terrible, so disappointing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's why we've got you on the team, Tom. I'm going there for my bust of the season when I mentioned on our show a couple of weeks ago, and that is the QB1 in fantasy drafts during the off-season, Patrick Mahomes, ADP 13.3. So you saw him go anywhere from probably about pick nine in the first round to pick 15 in the second. Finish as QB7. That doesn't sound that huge drop-off when we're talking about the drop-off on wide receivers and running backs. But as we've said throughout all of our offseason when we've been doing fantasy and our conversations with each other as well, if you're drafting a quarterback early, it's got to be because of separation you're getting and premium that value. He averaged 
18.4 fantasy points per game. For me in the offseason, he was in Tier 1 for QBs alongside Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Tier 2, I had Jackson, Burrow and Dak. Obviously, Burrow, his season went a different route. Dak, I'm very happy about Dak projection because I think we were higher as a podcast on Dak than many people were. Josh Allen got 24.1 points per game. Jalen Hurts got you 23.1 points per game. They paid you back round two, round three draft capital. Patrick Holmes in 2022, he did as well, 25.6. 2021, 22.0. 2020, 25.4. It's a huge drop-off him. And if you drafted Patrick Mahomes, I think you were expecting 22, 23 points per game, especially to spend that amount on him. If you drafted him, you likely missed out on C.D. Lamb, Amon Rasim Brown, A.J. Brown, all went around that point. Also Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, for full disclosure. But that's why he's my bust. If you're taking a QB at that point, chances are you're not drafting a QB for the rest of your fantasy draft. He likely lost you weeks on his own if you drafted him. Yeah, and I think I've said there's a league I've got where I had, um, I don't know how I ended up with Mahomes and Dak in the same <laughs> team, but I did. And it was from about week eight, Dak was in and Mahomes was on the bench. And, you know, it, it just made sense. And, and I, didn't, I didn't worry about that. I think there was maybe a bit of a concern, oh, he's going he's gonna to break out, he's going to have a good week. But it, it never really came, or not to the extent that you want from someone like Mahomes. Like you say, he's still been okay. But if you've taken him so, I mean, is it wise to take a quarterback that early, I suppose? And you look at the availability of positions and it just needs some better weapons, doesn't he? I know Rice has done well for him there this year, but it, they've got to set him up to win. I know in the past, as you say, he's done it and he's done it on his own. Yeah. He's never really had those big boys. I mean, he's had Tyreek obviously early on, hasn't he? You know, but give him someone else. Give him someone super special to play with and see what he can really do. I just mean, he's, he's only had Kelsey and Kelsey looks to potentially pass the peak of his powers as well now. Uh, he's been in contact, as we said a few weeks ago, whether he was angry for a WWE career. Apparently he's been in contact with The Miz. Over at WWE, Ed knows exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, is, that, is that a person? <laughs> it is a person. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so I think he probably is, can he make a good amount of money without getting battered? He's in the Austin X situation, isn't he? Yeah. Would you want to go out before you hit a huge decline? Austin X, I've already left that a year late. I think Travis Kelsey, if he chose to, could walk away with his head held high and then probably come back for a Super Bowl in a year or two if he fancied it. Yeah. So what happens now? Do we put this out for a vote? Are we going to put these out all out for a vote? I think, well, we've listeners? got three choices. We'll do some polls for that and we'll see who other people think. I think you'll win that one. Well, yes, yeah, but yeah. Mahomes, I mean, you won't, but Mahomes, <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes he made a very good case for Mahomes, yeah. So yeah, we'll put these out on Twitter. So have a little vote on those. We'll maybe do one a day over the next uh, next week or so. And we'll then put together in our show next week, maybe, who our grand winners are. Maybe we'll get some trophies sent out to them for them to never receive and never want. <laughs> next up then, rookie of the season. There's lots and lots of cases. I would say more cases to be made for more players in this situation than we've had previously with rookies, at least over the last couple of years. Yeah, since we've been playing. I think the, I say obvious pick, that's unfair, but perhaps the more popular pick. Do you want to begin, Ed? Yeah, first up, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, is Puka Nakua. Now, Puka Nakua, his ADP was 257.8. <laughs> so basically, in most leagues, he went drafted. Was he a waiver pick? Because nobody's mentioned that they picked him <laughs> off of waivers at all. No one on social media has bragged they picked him off of waivers. Well, let me just give you an idea. In our dynasty startup, he went, uh, he did go in the draft. He went at pick 1808. Az picked him up. Uh, in our dynasty well done, Az, if you're listening. In our 16-team dynasty league, in the rookie draft, he went 308. So he went in that draft as well. Mm. And in our money league, our main money league, he went, I can't think it was about week three, for $26 from, from someone's fab budget. So a decent bar. I'd have happily paid a couple of hundred real dollars. Real dollars <laughs> for him. Yeah. I mean, and his season has just been phenomenal. So wide receiver four with just under 300 total points. The only wide receivers who beat him are Amon Ra, Tyreek and C.D. Lamb. Two uh, big rookie records, total yards, 1,473, that stood since 1960, and total receptions of 104, which beat Waddle, who set that in 2021. So his final stat line, 105 receptions, 1,486 yards, and six touchdowns. So maybe he could work on his touchdowns. That's something he yeah. needs to work on. <laughs> Nine wide receiver one weeks, and only four weeks below 10 points. 
I mean, he, he literally could not have done any better. I mean, as rookie seasons go, well, the records say it is one of the best ever rookie seasons. And when you look at the names he was in the mix with for those records as well, the names are players that went on to have big careers. So you would expect him to kick on from this as well, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd hope so. You'd hope that this is the start of something massive. I mean, it, it's interesting what's going to happen in uh, in Los Angeles with, you know, with Stafford and Cooper Cup, etc. But, you know, he's just been so consistent. It's not like half a dozen decent weeks. It's been every week. Even with Cup there as well. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's drawing the targets, isn't he? And like you say, I think I heard him mention on one podcast preseason as a deep, deep, deep cut, and that was it. Yeah. Nobody talked about it. Not at all. He's been, he's been an absolute phenomenon. Speaking of historic seasons and records, although what an awful end potentially, my pick for rookie of the season is Sam Laporta. It's much publicised in the fantasy community, and we said it over and over and over again. You don't get value from rookie tight end. That never <laughs> happens. You just can't rely on it. Except for this year. Uh, Gutted to see him leave the game at the weekend with injury. I'm just looking now. The most recent update is he has a chance to play at the weekend. I'm sure if he can, he will. He just looks like that sort of guy, doesn't he? Did they need to win? They were already through. Like They were talking about that on Red Zone. I yeah. think the best case scenario was them to move up a seed so they yeah. maybe had an extra right, home game. Right. Um, so that's possibly why they were risking it. But it did seem unnecessary to risk all their big players. I think, for me, it's a little bit of that Dan Campbell, stubborn, chip-on-the-shoulder mentality. But that's also the reason the Lions have done well in the first place. True. Yeah. That's come off yeah. for them a lot more than it's gone against them. So his historic season, he is now fourth for rookie tight end receiving yards all time. If he'd not left the game, he'd have probably gone third because he was only five yards off... Rob Gronkowski. So he would have probably got surpassed Gronk at that point. He is now first for all rookie tight ends receptions at 89. So that's all time. And joint second with Gronk for rookie tight end touchdowns all time. Second only to Mike Ditka. I don't know a lot about Mike Ditka other than he's a popular player to crop up on Chicago Bears veteran cards and legends cards in sports trading cards. So. Mike Dick, I'm aware, is a legend of the position. He's second to him and on a par with Gronk. It would suggest Sam Laporte is in for a big career. Tight end one on the season. ADP of tight end 16. So he was going around round 13 in fantasy drafts. Most likely as a backup tight end. Most likely to fans of the Lions, I would imagine. 10 top 12 weeks. Three weeks as the tight end one. Top six are separated by 23 points. So Laporta, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Engram, Kittle and Joku. Only 23 points between them. Between Laporta and Cole Komet in seventh though, 51.4 points. That's 3.2 points per game. Between Laporta and Dallas Goddard in 12th, 90.5 points. 5.6 points per game in the fantasy season. That's why we say of tight ends and quarterbacks, you need to take a difference maker at that position. Five points a game from first 12 is a difference maker. We've gone on time and time again. A good tight end gives you positional advantage and nobody saw that coming from Laporte. Even if you thought he was in for a good season, I defy anybody to say they saw that coming. No, not at all. I mean, I did the, the research for our pre-season uh, show where we, or pre-draft show where we looked at the or was it post-draft show where we looked at the... Pre-draft. Pre-draft show. We looked at Am some... I right remembering Laporta was the player you were hoping the Bengals would take? I think, yes, Laporta was, was one that I really liked the look of. I'm not trying to say I thought he'd have a season like this, but, you know, there were some great options in there, you know, like Kincaid as well. But, but yeah, he, he really has. Um, he's the one that's, that's risen above the rest. By, by a great distance. I mean, he, came, did he, he was the one who came from the... Was it Iowa? He yeah. is the Iowa tight end, the tight end school. But he has been so good, hasn't he? And I think particularly as well, when you look at the competition around him, Gibbs, Armand Ra, you know, still drawing tons and tons of targets there, even with those two in. Yep. And say so he, he did come in tipped to be a good player, but he was a tight end in the Dalton Kincaid tight end draft class. Yeah. He wasn't the name of the tight end we thought we'd be talking about now, was he? Quarterbacks, though, do they get a mention, Tom? Uh, well, I don't think we could do the sh uh, uh, review show without mentioning this young man. 
CJ Stroud, quarterback <laughs> of the Texans. This young well, man. he is. He is. <laughs> we're old, mate. We're old. So you're aware. We're all, our careers yeah. are finished. We'll yeah, never be professional years. athletes. Oh, man. Have you not realised that oh, yet? Man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't think we could do it without mentioning Mr. Stroud. Uh, he's had a fantastic season. All right, a little bit of a wiggle with injury in the middle and sort of struggling a little bit towards return. But he actually had a very good game last night as well, didn't he? Um, he's shown some elite upside when he's been on it. He was this season's QB 11. Uh, he's been good for an average 18.5 points per game. He had six QB1 games in his 14 starts. You know, particularly impressed in the middle seas of the season, uh, weeks 9 to 12. He scored 40, 20, 18 and 30 points. It was obviously a real shame at that point then to see him go down injured. Uh, you know, for a rookie quarterback at the Texans, he's done phenomenally well. Uh, and helped by another factor. What was the other factor that helped him? Uh, Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Striking gold twice in the draft picking that elite rookie wide receiver there. Um, hopefully he'll be back next year. Was, was it the blocking injury he suffered, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was trying to block some massive Where they put linemen. the smallest man yeah. under yes, the yeah. So hopefully he'll be back next year and they'll be able to reignite that relationship. I don't know. You guys have both very good options. Did, it's a did tough one. you see Nico Collins's catch at the weekend where Stroud just escaped pressure and it looked like the old Patrick Mahomes Tyreek's down there somewhere. Right? Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. So the fact that Nico Collins as well has come on so far, the Texans look an exciting team after getting rid of old Hansi Watson. People thought that was going to be downhill from it when they, they had to get rid of him. But it looked like a bad business move in some circles, getting rid of such a good quarterback. And they've struck gold. And I don't think people... I mean, you were quite high on Stroud, weren't they? And a few things I was looking at reading about saying he was the most pro-ready quarterback. But yeah. he was definitely the third rank. Most of the stuff you saw, he came third on that list of QBs. There was a right? few things, just mm. watching the... And every, like we say, and we'll say constantly the off-season, everyone's highlight... I could probably get a highlight reel together if I threw enough, <laughs> enough footballs. But... What are you laughing at? <laughs> we've, already, we've already discussed we're past it, mate. No, I could. I could do it. But there was something just different watching Stroud. And once again, I didn't foresee this happening. But it's one of those where it, when, you, when you think, do you know what, I reckon this guy, and it comes off, we feel satisfied, don't we? Oh, yeah. Makes us feel very, very Doesn't clever. Doesn't happen very often. So you're right. We've got three really good choices there. This one, I think, is a little bit tighter. Yeah. I think mid-season, it was obviously Stroud. Fancy community for a long period of time would obviously be Nakua, but all three of these, I think, have got a really strong case. I would say Stroud, this was on the radar. For Laporta and Nakua, they were certainly surprises from the rookie class. Should we talk about some more surprise stars, though, gentlemen? So we're going to talk about now players that had a season we just did not see coming. I'm going to start this one, and I'm going for someone I was very, very surprised about and someone I was surprised week after week after week that it didn't come to crashing end. Raheem Mostert, RB3 on the season end of week 17, even with A-Chan coming in and having a few mega games. Previously, he'd only had two out of his seven seasons without missing significant time due to injury. And both of those seasons, he finishes RB25. He was drafted rb 45, round 12, round 13-ish, as a bench piece at best, so a weekly flex play, probably a player people picked up waiting to see what happened with A-Chan at training camp, ready to drop him. Depending on RB injuries on your roster, he quite possibly won you weeks and got you into the playoffs. He averaged 17.8 points per game and was RB4 and 25th of all players when it came to his points per game as well. I didn't see that come in. Once again, I defy anyone to say that they thought this was on the cards for Mostert. No, Mostert's always had the talent. And I think, you know, like, like there's been people like you who've been very critical of him and he's deserved that criticism. Yeah. Uh, but, and I, th I think, you know, maybe people thought that Achan would come in and take over and, you know, especially after Achan had those breakout weeks. But Mostert's just been really reliable. Do you think if Achan had stayed fit all the way through, Mostert would have faded, been faded a bit more towards the end? I don't know. They seem to have been uh, the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins have faded, punch. haven't they? But yeah, yeah, yeah. they've very much been uh, been that kind of one-two punch. I they? think it'll be interesting to see during the offseason. I mean, most of his age as well, rightly or wrongly, I can't imagine I'm going to draft him anywhere, especially for redraft. Yeah. Certainly not in a dynasty startup. But Achan, we've seen a lot. We've spoken about his size and the potential injury risk of a running back of his size and stature. We've seen that a bit this season. 
I think next year will be the true indicator, won't it? But yeah, he's Raheem Most is someone I think people probably gave up on a couple of years ago, going, This is the year. This is the year. No, this will be the year. Turns out year eight was the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did I've not got him in any or close to any teams. I never <laughs> no. considered drafting him anywhere. Who's next? Right, so I, I think mine is the biggest surprise. I don't think there's any debate here. And it was somebody we were quite sniffy about at the start. Some of us were. So, well, particularly Mark was quite dismissive of him at the start. Um, and, and it's been a lovely surprise for Tom. And it's, of course, Jordan Love. Now, I, I, I was not that harsh on Jordan Love. I think if you listen back, Mark, you were a little bit sniffy about him at the start. No, no I think okay, I'm right. not surprised. I knew he'd do it. <laughs> so, I mean, Jordan Love has been, I mean, nothing short of phenomenal in terms of what we're expecting and what we've got. His ADP was just close to 190. So he was going very low down in drafts and he's finished up as QB5. Wow. QB5. So he's ahead of the likes of Mahomes, Tua, T-Law, Stafford, CJ Stroud, Goff, Purdy, all of these players who've had a lot of plaudits this year, and I don't think until the last few weeks, Jordan Love has really had those plaudits. Um, he's basically had two bad weeks all season and only one week without a passing touchdown. So he's had 32 passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, just one interception since week 10. Uh, you know, the last three or four weeks, he's been pretty phenomenal. He is the ninth highest scoring fantasy player overall. Wow. He gets into the top 10. I mean, what an absolute steal. In our money league, this shows how under the radar he's gone. In our money league, Pestle picked him up. You added him from waivers at the start of December for nothing. So you got him for free on waivers at the start of December. And that was because he was dropped after having one bad game. And I only took him to potentially keep him for free next year. Yeah, well, that's... I didn't need him. I had Jalen Hurts. I only picked him up to potentially keep. Very clever. I don't think it's a complete surprise he's had a good season. Fifth, absolutely. I would make the case he has been better for fantasy than he's looked real life, though. Oh, I'd agree with that. I'd agree as a fantasy player, yeah. Yeah, but I think he's helped our offence in the fact that, you know, he's spread the ball around. He's used all the players. I mean, I've seen so many things comparing to Rogers' stat line from Rogers yep. first. They've got very, very similar first-year stat line. But that's irrelevant, isn't it? I think the thing is, you know, like Jalen Reed, for example, Jalen Reed's gone and had a great finish to the season. He had a lot of drops early on. Would yep. Rogers have trusted him? Would Rogers have... And I know I'm bad mouth Aaron Rogers. Aaron Rogers, phenomenal quarterback. Rogers would have probably you know? had him, like, deported. Yeah, yeah. you know. E eaten him. <laughs> so I think the fact that we've had Love come in, they've all been learned together, they've all grown together. I think that's helped. And it, yep. it, it's, yeah, it's just I'm it just really happy that Rodgers couldn't get the Packers to the playoffs last year and Jordan Loveson it this year. Yeah, that's, I mean, his ego, I don't know how he is coping. You can just imagine, I can just imagine him seething in a room just, just for hours on end and just seething. And a dark retreat, dark yeah, retreat. Dark and retreat, yeah. Uh, and then, so our final surprise start, I think mine's a pretty good one, this, uh, this one. Uh, Travis Etienne running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so I know he was taken, you know, semi-highly, but I, I still think big, big surprise. So he ends the season rushing for 1,008 yards 11 touchdowns and 267 carries. Uh, he caught 58 passes as well, giving an extra 467 yards. As we've said already, obviously, our points taken from PPR, that's quite a massive boost there. The RB3 overall, did either of you think he'd finish as the RB3? No. No, I, th I mean, I thought he had a chance, Etienne, of being top five, possibly yeah. a push, but, but I think that would, that would, that was like, I think really... I'd have probably gone more eight, nine. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah def a definite great season. Yeah. He didn't quite sustain it all year. You know, five games at less than 10 points. Uh, but obviously finishing at RB3, there's some enormous highlights in there. Uh, Monster week five, 36 points. Week six, 23 points. Uh, and then week eight and week 17, both 25 points. ADP on sleeper of 30. So sort of a mid round, round yeah. three pick. You've got to be delighted with him. Yeah, I think if you picked up ETN, uh, unless you had him in the Money League in a quarterfinal yeah, and he had one of his, one of his rubbish it. weeks then, you'd be pretty annoyed at him. I think he's someone who's got where he's got without much fanfare as well this season. He's not, I, don't, I can't remember us talking about him that much on the show over the course this year. He's just been... Yes, he, he might have been a hero, possibly, possibly once. Well, yeah. But yeah, you know, I agree. He's very like, like Love, gone under the radar. Is he a good summer trade target? The dynasty. The dynasty. I think he'll probably cost too much now. Yeah. Now that we've mentioned on the podcast. So as with the others, we'll stick those all on Twitter for you to have a vote on. But before we move on, let's hear from Malcolm 
Doing a little advert for our stateside boys. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! And we've still got plenty of time to get those pre-orders in for the Super Bowl 58 program. Holographic Stadium Edition. But if you'd like one for free, where should you go? You will go to Twitter slash X uh, or, or Facebook. Facebook? No? Just... Uh, if you go to NFL Card Breaks UK on Facebook, yes, you can join in there as well. Yes, and uh, there are three things you can do. So you can have three possible entries uh, by doing three things for us. So we'd like you to firstly share that post that we have got on there. We would then like you to do give us a screenshot that you are subscribing to uh, what has been quoted as the greatest NFL podcast on the planet. That was said by me just now. <laughs> so just show us on whatever podcast app of choice you have that you are following us and subscribing to us. And finally, vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards that uh, we may have noticed we've been shortlisted for. That's twice in the show. So you get one more time in before we finish. We've been very positive then for our last couple. Let's go now to fading stars. So these are players that either had a really good start to the season and have kind of fizzled out, or players that we may be seeing their gradual decline as fancy assets. Who'd like to go first, gents? Why don't you go first this time? I shall. <laughs> I'm going for Mr. Stefan Diggs. So his stat line and different halves of the season have been very widely publicised. It's, it's unbelievable. Week one to nine, he was the wide receiver three. He met or exceeded his projections in six out of nine games, and he had seven touchdowns. Weeks 10 to seven, he was wide receiver 54. He met or exceeded projections once, and he had one touchdown. That was the same game that he met, <laughs> obviously. I mean, week 18, he then had a bit of a return to form. He wasn't having his targets stolen by Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis had no targets some weeks, as we've been quite well publicised on this show. He averaged during that stretch 37.5 yards per game. 37.5 yards? You would be hoping on a good week for 37.5 points. From Stefan Diggs. I think if you drafted Stefan Diggs, end of round one, beginning of round two, you're hoping for 15 week in, week out. You're hoping for 20, really, most weeks because of what he can do. You're hoping for one or two weeks scattered throughout the season, potentially with 30 plus points. You're hoping for a 40 plus point mega week at some point when he gets three touchdowns and goes off a la Tyreek Hill. That's not what we've got towards the end of the season at all. I mean, what happened? Will he be back to normal next season? Will he be back in Buffalo next season? What happens with Diggs now? That first question is an interesting one for me, because if you look at Alan, Alan's still done it, right? Alan hasn't faded. His no. stat line is still phenomenal. So there's nothing to do with bad quarterback play, anything like that. I've read, I've read several articles who have posed that question and none of the articles have come up with an answer. Nobody can really put their finger on. He's quite exactly an odd guy, isn't he, Diggs? He's, yeah. he's quite a bit of a strange character, he, right? He does come across as someone... He, he's in, he, I mean, he's another one whose ego is off, off the scale, isn't he? And, 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 you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing and that, that can help in some situations. But I don't know. It's just it's the connection just appears to have gone. The only possible thing for some of those weeks, I mean, Dalton Kincaid went up considerably in targets from week seven onwards um, and was far more efficient. But even then, he had three weeks uh, kind of not taking full snaps. Even then, he's a tight end and he's always had knocks there. He's had other tight end targets. And it's Diggs, isn't it? Yeah. Stefan Diggs, like, big boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not done what we expected. Who else are we looking out for? Our fading stars then. I'm sorry to bring him up again. I know we've talked about him a few times on the show. Uh, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Now, obviously, ADP of 15, and we all, and obviously I'll just say it one more time, especially Pestle had yep. high hopes for him for another season. Uh, last year, he was wide receiver one, leading the pack before getting injured. You know, we got this unfinished business feeling. He was back on it. 
This year, he missed the first four games. It was still the same injury, right? I didn't pick up a new injury, I don't think. It, it, was I think it still was related a, to the last one. I think it was a hamstring injury. He re- did he return to training and then aggravated the hamstring? Yeah. Sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, so first four weeks of this year missed. Burst onto the scene. You know, obviously, you've got to be feeling really righteous at this point. <laughs> Two enormous, impressive weeks. 19.8 points. And then, was that when Cupwatch was created? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cupwatch. Yeah, Cupwatch was a surefire winner. Feature. That was, I was like, Malcolm to do a sound drop and everything. And then, and then 27.80 points. He then had a five-week slump, followed by a reasonable end of the season. Cup scored just five touchdowns this year. One in week six. And they didn't score again till week 13. You know, he's been truly elite. But with the emergence of Nakua... It's a worrying time if he's on your roster. So very, very quick quiz before you guys go in. Next three wide receivers who outscore Cup, or they could be slightly skewed because they were week 18 figures from yesterday. So next three wide receivers. Oh, someone like, um, oh, I can't remember his name. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Excellent insight. Uh, one's a Packer. Oh, um, Jaden Reed. Nope. Dobbs. Dobbs. Really? Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one's a Cowboy. Uh, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Great guess. And then easy, easy, easy one. One's a Falcon. Oh, I was sure this was Drake London. Drake London. I sure Bobby yeah. Trees was going to have surpassed him. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about ADP, you think about all of those players, you could have taken them so much later. Yep. You know, it's just sad times. Sad times for Cooper Cup owners. I <laughs> tried to trade him away in a dynasty league that I was hoping to tank in, and I was offered a first, and I got Ooh. greedy and tried to get a first and a second or third. And... Yeah, at the time, that wasn't good value. On a trade, I didn't think. In hindsight, I'd have been laughing. If Cooper Cup had been Cooper Cup, I still think you could command a couple of firsts from him, even at his age now, because someone going for a championship would have wanted him. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get... I don't think he's tradable anymore. And our final fading star, we've talked about him already, and that is Travis Kelsey, tight end for Kansas City. Now, his ADP was 5.3. So he was going first round in most drafts. Um... Now, he still ended up as tight end three, but at that ADP, you want him to be tight end one by a distance, yep. don't you? Um, in terms of overall fancy scorers, he snuck into the top 60, just behind Jacoby Myers. Wow. That, that is not where you wanted him to be. <laughs> um, whereas in 2022, he was 12th overall in terms of uh, fancy scorers. I mean, are the days of him being drafted as a super elite cheat code over? I'd say yes. Yes. I, I think they are over. At 34, you know, you've got to say yes. Uh, and you've got to temper those expectations going forward. There's been a real drop-off. In the first seven weeks, bearing in mind he was out game one, remember, he had four weeks out of six at 20 points or more. After that, how many weeks did he have at 20 points or more? Mm. One. Two. Zero. Wow. His highest score after week seven was 14.4 fancy points. Not what you wanted from him. Five touchdowns all season and only one touchdown since week seven. So him and Mahomes uh, have had, you know, well, both have had pretty disastrous seasons. And, you know, at his age, what, what does Kelsey do now? I mean, the worst stage of the season he was talking about how long has he got doing this? Is that on his mind? The physicality of how he plays tight end, once, you, once your head's gone, can you be the same player? Because he is, his supreme confidence has been part of that separation, hasn't it? If he's kind of going, do you know what, do I need this anymore? I've he's getting on as well as, you know, yeah. he's old, he's been elite. These things happen, you know, I mean, Adrian Peterson, you could have drafted a few years ago. He, he was wonderful for not, you know, it's sad times, but these things happen. Old stars fade. We spoke about him in the preseason, how he was someone I had absolutely no interest in drafting in dynasty leagues at all, because this season was always coming. And if it wasn't this season, the chance of being next season were highly likely. The chance of being the season after seemed almost definite. Um, Where, that's a good question. In terms of dynasty tight end rankings, I mean, I'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty of uh, discussion about this. But is he? I mean, is he still top five dynasty tight no, ends? I, not for me, no. So we got Laporta, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, Kincaid, Andrews, Andrews. Andrews I mean, Komet, Komet's up and down. Joku, Goddard. He's yeah. better than Goddard. Dynasty, not at all. Redraft. I still think you'll see him. They'll be the believers, won't they? Yeah. If he's still, if he's back in Kansas next year, the believers will still draft but he, him. He won't be a first round pick next year. Sure I mean, he'll not. still be a top ten tight end. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. he will. Yeah. Our final award for the season, then, 
that we'll be asking you to vote on are our nominations for players that we personally, but maybe the fantasy community in a wider sense as well, were too low on. So I think we've gone for players that we were particularly too low on, but I don't think any of these were complete outliers in far as what the fantasy community in general were feeling towards him. Do you want to go first, Tom? Uh, yeah, so I went with Brees Hall running back for the New York Jets. Uh, I was foolishly worried about Dalvin Cook. And why the hell did the Jets sign him? You know, Hall has had an impressive year, showing really that the cream rise to the top. After scoring 15 points in the first game, the Jets limited his snap percentage. He had less than 50% snaps until week five at that point. Obviously, they were trying to work Cook in, see what he could do. Brees then put up 15 points, and from that point on, the job was his. He's been impressive most of the season with only one poor game, week 15 against Miami. Obviously, if you trust him that, it's a particularly poor, you know, bad time for him to give you a bad week. But he has had some truly rewarding scores, a 43, a 27, and 29. You know, he's got to be in there for the Dynasty RB1 conversation. Um, um, Dynasty-wise, yeah. Top five, I think, top five Dynasty. I, I actually, I think I saw him as RB1 in a Dynasty ranking yesterday. So, yeah, he's in that conversation. So, I was way too low on Brees. That's my guy. I think with Brees Hall, the injury concerns were there weren't. I saw him as quite a good value pick where he was going. But because my draft strategy... I'd either, I was either set at running back within round one or two straight away and didn't get to him, or I was knocking it down, which I say. I think he, he almost fit into that RB dead zone and ended up being a really good pick there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah and I think you're exactly right. When, as, as soon as they, they got Dalvin Cook on board, you thought, well, that's going to impact Brees Hall yeah. snaps, isn't it? And, it? and he's just been Dalvin Cook. Been Dalvin and his Cook. receiving work as well is, is that separator, isn't it? Next up, got to mention him. Dangerous Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, quarterback in Tampa Bay, his ADP uh, was 255.6. So, he was going undrafted in most leagues. He finished up as QB9 after maybe a bit surprisingly for some people, nailing down that starting role in Tampa, you, you know, which was very much in flux early on. Um, he, he's not been spectacular. Uh, and his best week, he was QB2 in week 15. He's just been relentlessly consistent, uh, especially during the fancy playoffs. Weeks 14 to 17, he scored 20, 28, 19 and 18. So if you managed to get him in for your playoffs, he might well have won you a championship. Did we expect the likes of Evans and Godwin to be as consistent as they have been? Probably not. So that's helped him as well. But, you know, it's, it's been him that's been throwing them the ball. And, you know, I, I remember us talking about the quarterback situation in Tampa in our preseason games. It was in flux. We didn't know what was going to happen. That was going to impact on Evans and Godwin. And, and it hasn't. And they've had good seasons. And that's because of Baker Mayfield. His season's not over as well. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield goes again in the playoffs. I mean, hopefully he had that injury. Hopefully he shakes that off from the, the final game of the season. I fancy the Bucs to upset the Eagles in the playoffs. Ooh. And I think I've seen several people saying that. I mean, the Eagles have, well, let's be, let's be blunt. They have been awful the last, no, they've not been bad. They have been like. It's not a happy camp, is it's it? It's not. And so I, I would not be surprised to see the Bucs upset them. All I can think of is Hertz's finger when you mention the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you totally understand. You know, I think it's totally justifiable being low on Baker Mayfield. He's been, yes, he's been consistent this year, but he's bounced around teams. He's been totally inconsistent. And he's not that likeable, is he? Let's no, be honest. He's I, just not that likeable a guy. I think he's more likeable now yeah. at the Bucs than he was at the Browns. Yeah. And he's, they, he's likeable when he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's eating a bit of humble pie and thought, yeah, yeah I was a bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. he's, he's probably done an advert for humble pie at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so to be, yeah, going off the board in redraft at QB33, for our listeners, there are 32 teams. <laughs> You're not expecting that. So I think, yes, as far as a player you could be too low on, obviously. I made an absolute hash of a draft strategy in one of our money best ball leagues and just left QB far too late. I thought I'd get another round out of it and then a QB run of third QBs went in. I'd not got my second in a super flex. I was left with Baker Mayfield, worked an absolute treat there, but was complete coincidence rather than by design. I'd not intend that to happen. I'm sticking in Tampa though, and I'm going with a player that we discussed several times. And I think I was probably lower than the rest of us on this. I think you became lower as the off season went on. You were quite high initially and worked your way down, but none of us, I don't think, saw this coming for Mike Evans. I was out on him hitting a thousand yards again. He's ended up with 1,255. 
Only the ninth most yards in the league. <laughs> and 13 receiving touchdowns. That's just the joint most in the league alongside uh, Tyreek Hill. His ADP on sleeper was wide receiver 33. We said that was probably about right. All right. So, yeah, we were low on him, but we were consensus low. Drafted round 5-6, finished wide receiver 7 overall. He has taken people to championship. He's won people playoff games. He's won people weeks quite comfortably. All as a flex pair at best. That was what I said in August 2023. <laughs> He's been solid play all the time. In part, as we've already said, this is down to Mayfield. And I think in part, our judgment on him and the fantasy community judgment on him was Mayfield-based as well as Evans-based. Will he be in Tampa next year? Possibly, possibly not. Will he get another 1,000-yard season? I don't know. I abstain from that conversation this time because there will be a drop-off. It will be sharp when it happens. It doesn't look like it's anytime soon. Tell you what, you know, with the, with the um, wide receiver situation in Cincinnati with Higgins and Boyd possibly going, I'd love someone like Mike Evans. I mean, he'd oh. be, I mean, I, I don't know whether we could afford him. But yeah, he's just, he's just done what he normally does. And there were a few people that were still quite high on him. But I think the consensus amongst the yep. fancy community was that he was fading. So he, he's really shown, shown up. Do, do we think, I, I, I'll tell you why, why my pick is the better fading style than yours two, right? Because yours two played in the easiest division. So has that had a factor? Have they had yeah, a load of easier is. divisional games and that's why they've looked better, potentially? Yeah, I think that's a yeah. fair point. I think that's a fair point. Well, well, well made. That's only six, I've got to win it's only, one, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's only six games, though, and Mike Evans yeah. has been consistent yeah. all year. Baker's maybe not been quite so matchup proof but yeah, we'll put all of those out to the vote. So we'd like to please get involved with those over on Twitter. Where can they find us, Malcolm? TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on all social media platforms. And we'll be back with you in a couple of days for another show, including some guests, where we will give you our picks for heroes and zeros on the season. And we'll also then get some picks from other members of the fantasy community. We'll have some guests from the rest of the Fields of Fantasy team and some other podcasts as well. And let's see how many of the players we've mentioned and we pick are those consensus picks from, from others as well. Are we happy with that, gents? Have we said all the things for our players in contention for our awards? We've justified, we've argued, we've... Yeah, we have done a wonderful job. Well done, us. I think we'll <laughs> leave it there. But Malcolm, before we get too big for our boots, not straight away, make sure you go and vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards, Malcolm, if you could do that now. And then when you've done that, Malcolm, is it done? Excellent. Take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.